Did you know that the perfect snack exists that not only has the yum factor, because that's important, but also packs a real protein punch? I'm talking about Wonderful Pistachios, a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Now that's a snack you can feel really good about. It's hard for me to currently pick a fave because they have several flavors to choose from, including no salt and jalapeno lime options. But if I absolutely had to, I'd say I'm in my no shells, wonderful pistachios, sea salt and vinegar era. It's the ultimate snacking solution for when you need a quick, convenient and tasty boost of pistachio goodness straight out of the bag. Whether you enjoy the ritual of cracking open each nut or you lean towards the ease of no shells, Wonderful Pistachios has something for everyone. It's time to elevate your snacking game with Wonderful Pistachios. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit radiobeatsbeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. Hey, what's going on? You're listening to the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast. My name is Bree Mitchell. I'm the host of the show as well as the founder of Brown Girl Self-Care. Brown Girl Self-Care is a space of love and support for Black women who are doing the work of healing, loving themselves, and just doing what they can to survive in a world that does not honor our humanity. I want to go ahead and really just jump right on into this episode. So usually I start with... um, like sharing something that I've done for self-care. I'm not even going to do that this week. I want to just get right to the nitty gritty <laughs> and talk about, um, this is, I, I'm not even sure what the title of this episode is going to be. I'll probably, as I'm talking, a title will come to me. But the point of this episode is liberation and mother wounds. Liberation and mother wounds. Now, I'll tell you, I really did want to do a Juneteenth type of podcast episode, but I got to be real with you. I wasn't feeling it. And if I'm not feeling it, I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm here for Juneteenth. I'm not talking about that part. I'm saying my heart wasn't in it to talk about that when I've had some things that are going on in my life over the last month or two honestly, for a very long time, but specifically just in the last couple of months. And I figured that with the way that things happened over the last few weeks, that Juneteenth is about liberation. And so I'm going to go ahead and just go with that theme, but make it in relation to self-care slash mother wounds. So this is where we are. Um, let me back up here for a second. So in case you are not familiar with mother wounds, I can tell you that it's it's not a term that I made up by any stretch. It is um, having to do with like the the harm that you incur or the the quote unquote wounds, sometimes physical, unfortunately, but the wounds, uh, emotional, mental, talking about those type of wounds here that you'll experience or that a lot of us experience as a result of being in a relationship with our mothers. I'm sure there's different types of wounds, but I feel like for me and a lot of the black women in my circle, and I kid you not, that core wound is usually a lot of times 
in the form of a mother wound. And, you know, I've talked to several black women, a lot of black women, and our stories may not be the same. So you, some of, some of us may have dealt with different types of toxic behaviors, but ultimately these wounds that started from when we were babies or children can last for our lifetime if they are not addressed and if we aren't able to to heal ourselves from that these wounds can go so so deep and they show up in a variety of ways so let me give you a quick little list here so you may have some unhealed wounds or you may have mother wounds if you can relate to maybe a few of these things or even one of these things right um so I'll give you some of the things that are from my life and yeah pretty much this whole list is probably all from me and this is just what it is and if you have mother wounds you have trauma and things like that please as hard as it may be please don't be ashamed by it like, please don't be ashamed of what you have gone through, right? It wasn't your fault. I want to make sure that I say that. It was not your fault, okay? So um, some of the things that I wrote down because I have my notes in front of me, you may have unhealed mother wounds if you struggle to express your feelings or emotions, okay? And all these things that I've written down, these are mostly my things and or things that when I talk again to other black women, either in my sister circle or just when I do self-care coaching or just things like that, these are some of the things that come up often. So again, you struggle to express your feelings or your emotions. Y'all, you could not, (laughs) for me to share my feelings with someone would take, it would take a lot. You would have to literally make me so angry that I just would explode because I would not want to talk about my feelings or emotions, okay? Um, You people, please. We talked about that before. You have low self-worth. We've talked about that before. You're a perfectionist. We've talked about that before. We've probably talked about all these things on the list, right? But I'm just going to continue giving you this rundown. Um, You're a bully to yourself, okay, with your words. Like, for me totally raising my hand because I am like my own biggest critic, my own biggest bully. It's like you you have this wound, you become an adult, and perhaps that person that gave you the wound, we're talking about the mother wound specifically, so perhaps your mother no longer spoke to you in that way, or maybe she does, I don't really know, but it's like you picked up that ball <laughs> and you carried it with you into adulthood, and now, adulthood, excuse me, and now you are your biggest bully. You tear yourself down to the quick. You treat yourself like you are less than. You treat yourself like you are worthless. You talk to yourself like you are trash, okay? So you are a bully to yourself with your words and your actions. You constantly self-sabotage, okay? You constantly self-sabotage. I've shared on the podcast before. (laughs) Listen to some other episodes. I'm raising my hand on that one too. Um... You have unhealthy attachment styles. I'm raising my hand on this one too. So for example, unhealthy attachment styles like mine, I would say my unhealthy attachment style is likely the anxious, excuse me, anxious, 
slash preoccupied um, attachment style. However, I'm thinking that I'm also a mix, if possible, of like avoidant dismissive as well. So maybe I'll do another episode on um, attachment styles and kind of like share some insight on that. I'm trying to keep this episode as short as possible because I know that we are out here enjoying our Juneteenth and I want to keep it keep it rolling for you. So um, I didn't want to make this episode too long. So yeah, you have an unhealthy attachment style. Um, and then something else I would say is you are terrified, terrified, terrified of being like passed over or rejected. I was so, so terrified of being rejected. So terrified of being rejected, okay? That I, it's like you either don't put yourself out there or you just become so terrified of being rejected that you, you're you just clingy. You just kind of just take whatever you can get um, again, keeping keeping in mind that you're not worthless and you are extremely valuable. We do this and we 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 just latch on to any anything or anyone or any experience that we feel is gonna give us this quick like um I guess I don't wanna say ego boost because that's not really what I'm trying to go for here, but just someone that we can just latch on to that's gonna just feed us this this support or nurturing that we didn't receive and even if it's healthy or not we're like I don't care I just want I just need someone to fill in this gap or fill in this space it's probably like a a subconscious thought that we have and so we just kind of like cling to or latch on to anyone and then we just take any and everything no matter how they treat us because we don't want to be rejected we don't want to feel like we are again being cast aside does that make sense? So if any of those things resonated with you, then you may have some unhealed mother wounds. And you definitely, definitely, like if you're still living in that space, you definitely have some unhealed parts of you that need to be addressed. Okay. So I don't know if I shared this story, but I feel like I did on, I don't go back and listen to my podcast episodes at all. I don't know if anyone else is a podcaster and they listen to their episodes or if you're supposed to, I don't typically listen to my episodes. So that's why when I'm like, oh yeah, you can go back and find an episode where I talk about it, but I can never give you a specific episode is because I don't go back and listen and I just don't. (laughs) So, um, yeah, hopefully, I, I can't recall if I talked about this before, but I feel like I did. But very long story short, I ended up getting a clock from my mother. I didn't ask for it. And she put it up in my kitchen. And it sat on my kitchen wall for years. I didn't want it. I didn't ask for it. I just, I just didn't have a need for it. I have an Alexa downstairs and you know, things like that. So there's just, there was just no need for it. Anyway, I just let her put it up there because it was just like the least form of resistance. And, you know, just maybe like a few weeks ago, the clock, I hit it by mistake and it fell on the floor. And it kind of broke, but not really. It like, it was a very simple fix. But in that moment of this this object that I did not want, I had two I had two choices. One was pick it up, give it like a quick little tweak. It would have probably taken like five minutes, 
and hang it back on the wall, this clock that you never, you, I didn't even want, or throw it, throw it in the damn trash. <laughs> throw it in the damn trash and liberate yourself from this clock. And what did I do? I threw it in the trash. I threw this clock in the trash and it was such a liberating feeling for me. I know that sounds very simple, but let me explain. This episode is in no way me trying to badmouth anyone, okay? But this is my truth. This is my truth. Um, it has been hard for me in the past to have certain conversations with my mother. Um, I'm trying to figure out how much of this I can say <laughs> because there's so much to say, right? There's no way that you can sum up a relationship in a podcast episode, okay? But it was really hard for me, and it is still hard for me to say certain things, to be honest with, with her, to, to hold boundaries, to um, assert myself and things like that. I definitely had a history of trauma in my life. Um, specific things that jump out is not only do I have mother wounds, and we'll get into that in a moment, but I have uh, father wounds. I was abandoned as a child. Um, I was sexually, sexually, excuse me, molested by my cousin when I was probably eight ish, eight or nine. I'm not exactly sure of the age. I think it was like eight, possibly seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. I'm not sure. My memory's fuzzy on a lot of things. My memory's fuzzy on a lot of things. And if you have trauma that you're still going through or processing, whether you know it or not, um, you might find that sometimes your memory is fuzzy too. I think that's a common theme that I'm finding also. But yeah, I was molested. And um, there was, there is just, there is just a lot. When I tell you that my family is this, like I could literally, how much time do we have, girl? We don't have a lot of time, but I could go on and on and on and on and on about just my family dynamic. But like I said, I don't have the time. But just know that I came from, when I say dysfunctional, dysfunctional, I mean dysfunctional, dysfunctional, dysfunctional family, okay? Um, yeah. So getting back to this whole liberation thing. So I threw the clock away. That was like maybe three weeks ago, somewhere in there, or a month ago, something like that. And there have been other little things too. Um, where I started to kind of like liberate myself, but I realized that when I was like kind of asserting myself, it would cause friction. It would cause friction between her and I. And so usually when that would happen, I would just kind of like, cause remember I'm a people pleaser, a self-proclaimed people pleaser. Um, I would just kind of like fade to black. I would just mask a lot I would pretend to be okay. I would get along to get along or go along to get along. Um, just different things like that. But I can tell you that when I tell you this self-care journey has just taken me to another place, finally, um, it really has. It really, really has. I want you to understand that self-care isn't like a magic pill, Okay. Uh, it might take some time to get up, for example, the courage to finally say something after X amount of years. 
I'm thankful for self-care because without it, I may not have ever been able to tell you what I'm about to tell you, right? As far as like standing up for myself, asserting myself, stepping fully into this role as an adult because for the longest time, I really feel like my emotion, I don't know if it's emotional. Um, how about this? I really feel like just me overall, my, yeah, I'll just say emotional, I guess. My emotional growth had been stunted and I feel like for the longest time, I have been operating from a place of like, say, a child in regards to certain aspects of my life. Does that make sense? And you may find that to be true for you as well. If you have a lot of trauma, a lot of a lot of wounds and, and, and things like that, you may find that in certain parts of your life, you are still like that scared little girl because that's how I was. So you might be the same. And if that is you right now listening to the sound of my voice, sis, I want you to know again, this is, this is a non-judgment space. This is a safe space. You don't have to feel guilt or shame about that if that is you, okay? You don't have to feel guilt or shame. And again, if that is you, I can pretty much guarantee you that some pretty harmful things happened to you and you are not responsible for those things happening to you, all right? Okay, so um, let me set the stage here real quick, and then um, I'm going to give you a few pieces of, I guess, tidbits that you can take with you that will help you just to continue healing those mother wounds, all right? Now, this is a doozy. So um, what had happened was, and I'm getting really personal here on this podcast, and the reason that I'm doing this is because... It's not so I can just tell you all my business. It's because I know that my story can help someone else in their healing journey. All right. Um, I'm not even going to really go into the past too much, but I will say that pretty much for my, my whole childhood and young, young, like the teen years, young slash young adulthood years, whew, Growing up in my household was hard. It was really hard. And so, and in fact, it was so hard that I moved out and started living with my BFF when I was maybe 21, 20. Again, it's very fuzzy. I would say between 19 and 21, I'm guessing somewhere in there. It's like I could not take another damn day. I don't even remember what happened, to be honest with you. Again, fuzzy memory. But I know that something happened to the point where I said, I have to get out of here. Or I I don't even know. Like I just I just knew that for whatever reason I could not take another day and I had to get out of that house. And so I did. And thankfully I had someone that I could live with again my BFF. Hey girl hey um, her and her family, her and her sisters took me in and I lived, we lived there. I lived there for a very long, for a while. And then me and her ended up moving out and we got our own place and yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah, but I had to get out of there. And so I did. Um, there was a lot of, 
I'm only saying this to give you an uh, an idea of kind of like some of the stuff that I was dealing with. I'm really not trying to rehash the whole thing. So here we go. There was a lot of physical abuse. I would get whooped for a lot of stuff. I remember when I was having, I had a birthday party at McDonald's. I was maybe eight, seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. Again, fuzzy memory. And I had a party at McDonald's. My mom had, maybe she had bought a new dress or something. I'm not sure, but there was a special dress. And I have a picture of me at the McDonald's party. And every time I see it, I think of, because I'm wearing the dress, and I think of what happened after the party every single time. But um, it was a fun day. It really was. I had friends from school come. And I don't know, we had the party at McDonald's, blah, blah, blah. And so when we got home, my mother told me, like, be careful taking that dress off so you don't rip it. And me being a wise guy, (laughs) I did something to where the dress ripped a little bit when I was trying to take it off. I don't know if I was taking it off too fast. I don't, honestly, I don't remember. But what I do remember is I somehow ripped the dress. And I'm going to make it plain here and call a spade a spade. I got my ass whooped. I got my ass beat. Y'all, I was getting my ass whooped and beat for things where I would go to school the next day and I would have whelps all over my body. And I don't remember any other kids at school having whelps on their body. Maybe they did. I don't know. But I know that I certainly did. I would have I would go to school with whelps on my body. Um, This person once told me, or at least once or twice told me that she wishes that I had never been born. Um, This person grabbed me by my hair and pushed me up against a wall. This person would get in my face and yell at me, Um, hit me upside the head, just different things like that. And it was, it was just, it was just on a regular basis. It was just on a regular basis. Um, I should have put a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode. I'm so sorry that I did not. But um, yeah, trigger warning. Um, trying to think of what else. There was just a lot. So we we add all that, all that kind of stuff. The yelling, the beatings, the cussings, the physical stuff and all that. And um, then on top of that, you add in, like I said, your father not being in the picture at all, at all. Um, You add in your dysfunctional whole entire, like the whole entire family is dysfunctional. I kid you not. Um, And you're raised in community with these people because you don't have a choice as a kid. You throw in poverty or just a, a, a mother who is struggling to do the best she can financially and take care of her kids, but money is hella tight, and you just have the perfect storm for the making of me. Like, literally, the fact that I am still here, I, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a, it's a Christmas, it's a modern day miracle, seriously. It is a miracle that I am still alive, still here, 
it's just a miracle. And the same for you. Your trauma does not have to be my level of trauma for you to also be a miracle. Your trauma may be even worse than the trauma that I've gone through. And you are and you're and if you're still here, you're definitely a miracle. Your trauma could have been, you know, quote unquote, just one of the things that I've mentioned or completely different than what I've mentioned. And you are still a miracle. It is still a miracle that you survived that and you are still here. Do you hear me? It's you are a miracle. You are a miracle. Okay. I don't care what kind of depression you went through. I don't care about how much you struggled. And I'm saying I don't care as in because sometimes we try to justify it and say, oh, well, you know, I was depressed or, you know, um, I'm still struggling. That is true, but you are still a miracle. Don't discount that. Uh, don't discount that, okay? Don't, don't downplay who you are. You know what I'm saying? In spite of the fact that you may have gone through depression, you may have even done some terrible things like don't discount that you're amazing and that you're a miracle, okay? I don't want you to discount that. I don't want you to lessen your value by saying, uh, oh, but yeah, I went through these things. You know what I'm trying to say? It's okay. You went through those things and you're still amazing. You went through those things and you're still valuable. You went through those things and you're still worthy. All right? Okay. Um, so I told you all that to kind of give you some runway here to share this next thing. And this is how it ties into liberation. I finally feel liberated, y'all. Um, like, <laughs> I finally feel liberated when it comes to the whole mother-daughter dynamic. And I know this to be the case because I was finally able to set not only a boundary, but... I was able to say what I needed to say to the person that caused me harm. And I've never really done that before. I've never really done that before. So what it was, was my mother wanted to stay with me at my home recently. And I basically told her no. And so she asked me like via text, basically like, what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? What, what's going, what's wrong with you? Cause I'm feeling like, you know, there's some passive aggressive stuff going on and yada, yada, yada. And so in that moment I had two decisions. Okay. We always end up having two, at least two decisions in that moment. I could a say, oh, nothing, I just don't want, you know, I just, whatever, I, I'm, I don't know, let me see, I could have said, um, uh, nothing, sorry, or whatever, you know what I'm saying, and just put that mask back on, because, you know, sometimes my mask, it would slip, right, or I could just lay it all on the table, and just blow that mf -er up, excuse my French, and let the chips fall where they may, and finally, just put it all on, pull it, put it all out on the table. 
Which one did I do? You already know your girl did number two. <laughs> your girl did number two. And um, it was the scariest and the absolutely most, like I could not, I could, I cannot think of a better way to celebrate Juneteenth. That's why I'm talking about that on talking about this on this episode. I cannot think of another way that would be a better way for me right now in this season of life to celebrate Juneteenth. Okay, because this literally just happened in the last few days. I kid you not. Okay, I finally mustered up the courage to just drop the bomb. And let it be what it be. I was literally like no holds barred. Okay. And so I sent her a text message. I don't like to talk on the phone, y'all. I don't like to talk on the phone. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> like if we're friends and you're listening to this, you already know. Like, yeah, she don't. I, it's, it, I, I got to really. You, it takes a lot for me to answer the phone. Like I'm just like, let me send a text. Here you go. I don't know. The older I get, I don't want to talk on the phone that much. Okay. So, um, plus it was easier. That's another thing. I'm thinking about it now. Plus it was easier for me to send a text. That way I can just say everything that I wanted to say uninterrupted. You might be able to do it by phone. You might be able to do it by text. You might need to write a letter. You know what I'm saying? Do whatever is comfortable for you. For me, it was text because I could say everything I wanted to say. Send the message. So, excuse me. I wrote this long. I'm so sorry, y'all. I don't know if. Jesus be a deposit so I can finally move out of this place. Do you hear that? Hold on. I'm so sorry, y'all. I had to close my window. I live in the ghetto. Okay. I live in the ghetto. And anyway, um, what was I saying? So I sent her this text message. Okay. And I said, I literally said everything I wanted to say, which included, you know, yeah, you're right. I have been this, this vibe that you're feeling because she said it was a vibe and I was being passive aggressive and da, 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 da. And I was like, yeah, you're right. There is a vibe. I, you know, my mask slipped basically because I had been masking with her, but my mask slipped. And I just said, you know, who showed you that it was okay to aim high and go for your dreams while also just being yourself? For me, it was radio host Big Boy, Oprah, and KTLA news reporter Gail Anderson. In part, these people are the reason why this podcast specifically exists. This is the power of Black representation in media. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is more than a podcast. It's a celebration of blackness from NPR where every voice is as distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In this collection, you'll find stories of joy, resilience, and empowerment. Each episode, a living account of what it means to be black today. From the intricate narratives of The Wire to the wisdom of Michelle Obama and the urgent call for reparations, Black Stories, Black Truths really is the truth. Space wasn't always made for our perspective, so NPR's new collection is necessary as it celebrates the richness of the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center Black voices. 
Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. My hair is kinky, it's coily, it's beautiful, it's all the things, but the dryness is real, so it's also prone to feeling parched. This is why Waze Anti-Frizz Cream is my new BFF. It not only changes frizz, but helps my hair feel more hydrated. Listen, summer is coming. We are trying to be outside, going to brunch, plus traveling, and summer activities aren't always kind to our strands, okay? So let me tell you what I do for this. I wash my hair every one to two weeks. Don't sleep on Waze Detox Shampoo, by the way, if you have hard water or buildup. I detangle, I smooth in a little of the Way anti-frizz cream, then shingle in my natural gel. My hair is frizz-free, it's hydrated, and it's cute for days. Love sleek styles? Waze anti-frizz cream works as a heat protectant up to 450 degrees as well. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T H E O U A I dot com and enter promo code self care for 15% off any product. That's T H E O U A I dot com, promo code self care. Ultimately, I said, You were very cruel. And I explained why, just basically like all the things I told you, plus some other stuff on the, this podcast. And I said, you know, I used to think that I couldn't set boundaries with you, but I realized that I can. I'm an adult and I can basically do what I want to do. And I'm sorry that you were not allowed to have autonomy with your parents or your parents. But basically like this, that's not going to be my story. I mean, like I said, it was a very long text. But basically, in a nutshell, like that's not gonna be my story. It this this ends now, basically. And it was so hard for me to send that message, y'all. But I hit that little blue arrow on my iPhone after looking at that message for maybe like five minutes. And shout out to my support team because I called my support team one of my friends before I sent the message and I told her, girl, I am scared to send this message for some reason still, you know, and she was like, just do it while I'm on the phone. And I was like, you know what? I am going to. And so I sent that message and I sent it and I just had this big like whoosh of, oh my God. (laughs) It was a mixture of, oh my God and holy (laughs) guacamole. Okay. And I sat with that for a minute. And so then like 20 minutes later, I got a message back. And if you thought my message to her was long, her message to me was twice as long. And without reading the message and going into details, I can tell you that her message back to me was like 15%. And this is just averaging, okay? 15, 10 to 15% apology. 20% was, oh, it's just hard to explain, but I would say like 10 to 15% of that was kind of like apology and the rest was in a nutshell, explanation, justification, um, just different things like that. And, I, and, I, and that's all I'll say. And it was something to read that message. And I can tell you that after I read it a couple of times, I was just like, no, I do not have to accept this explanation. I do not have to accept your answer. I don't have to accept any of this. You know what I mean? Just because it, 
it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like a sincere apology and let's heal kind of thing it was kind of like an apology with a bunch of like I said explanation and justification and that kind of stuff and so I just I was just like I rejected her I rejected the text (laughs) that makes sense like I was like I don't have to have a kumbaya moment you know what I'm saying because I don't accept this text message so to date I have not responded because I'm still processing number one and number two I don't have to respond. I don't have to respond. I don't have to do anything that I do not want to do. Okay? I told you this is like liberation for me. I don't have to do anything I don't want to do, including tap dancing and bending myself backwards to make someone else feel better about the way they treated me as a child, as a person, as a human. Right. So it was just it was a lot. It was a lot. And again, I'm sharing this story with you because I know that there are some of you out there who are having similar challenges, being able to live in a in a in a way that's allowing you to heal and feel more whole, to love yourself more to 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 just have more confidence and and peace in your life and and better health like all of this affects our health by the way okay all this constant stress and anxiety and and things like that like it this if you don't this affects your health this definitely affects your health i know it has affected my health and i know this to be true because i carried so much of this wounding inside of me that was repressed and unexpressed that many years ago probably like i would say maybe like 15 20 years ago 15 years ago i had visited a doctor and the doctor and i said this before the doctor told me like if you don't fix your life like I don't know what's going on with you because I had to have like the thing where they look at your stomach with the, what's it called? A gastro, whatever it is, they put the tube down your stomach and they look at your stomach to see what's going on, whatever that's called. Um, I had that and the doctor was like, I don't know what's going on with you, but if you don't get your life, figure something out, like you're going to have ulcers. You're going to have some problems because I was in I had this internalized, surely rage an unexpressed emotion that has lived inside of me for years, okay? And like I've said before in the podcast, these traumas, this wounding, this stress, this, all of this, it is, it is going to show up. It is going to manifest your, in your life, and it can do it in a variety of ways, probably way too many to name. For me, it was in the stomach issues, that was one of the ways that it showed up, of, of many. Um, it also showed up, I'm trying to think, I have some habits that I do that are, um, ugh, that are, what's it called? Um, for example, like nervous habits. You know, like if you bite your nails, and things like that. Like when my mother has sent me that text message, I'm going to keep it real with y'all. I'm going to keep it 100. When she has sent me the first message basically asking like, what's wrong with you? And I knew I had to send that message back to her. 
or I want, not I had to, I wanted to send a message back to her. I literally chewed my nails down to the quick, y'all. And I hadn't bitten my nails in some time. I literally went back to my old version of me where that version of me probably as a kid chewed her nails all the time as a way to handle stress and did other things. I literally chewed off all of my nails, every single one, okay? That's a problem. That is a problem, okay? So I don't know if you have habits like that, but if you do, I want you to take a minute and and look at that. Look at the ways that you might be harming yourself physically, emotionally, etc. because you're repressed, unexpressed, still living in in that that teen or or childlike state when it comes to certain things because things haven't been addressed, they haven't been spoken, they haven't been uh uh you haven't gotten yet yet gotten support to help you in this in that area where you need that support. You might have some habits that are just not healthy for you. I definitely do. And biting my nails is one of them, for sure. When I'm stressed, I have to make sure that I don't bite my nails because I definitely will. And when I'm telling you when I got that text message, I surely did. I surely did. Um, so, yeah, sent that text message. Haven't talked since. It's been several days. And... When I got that message from her, and I read it a couple of times, one thing that I neglected to mention is that there was this sensation in my body, and it was beautiful. Um, Because it was the first time ever in my life where I just felt complete liberation, like complete liberation. I felt liberation in my body and other for other things, but the easiest way to describe it, and I might have mentioned this before on the show, is like, imagine you're playing a video game, each video game has a level, or a boss, or a master, or a task at the end that you have to do before you can go to the next level. I literally feel like I defeated the final level of the game. <laughs> That's how I felt after I sent that or after that whole experience to the point where I literally yelled in my place. I cheered, I danced, I did I like literally did like a little dance, I clapped, I spun <laughs> around. <laughs> I'm thinking back now and I'm like, "Girl, but no, like I was celebrating that. I was celebrating that because I first of all, I did something so entirely hard, and on top of that, I just felt this sense of liberation. That's the easiest way I can describe it. I My soul literally felt liberated. It felt liberated. Um, so, here we are. Juneteenth, liberation, mother wounds. I, I really want to have more conversations about that whole mother-daughter relationship, that whole mother-daughter dynamic, because I know that that relationship is so crucial to our development. And unfortunately, a lot of us 
did not get the experience that every child deserves for various reasons. And we know a lot of that, like the beatings and the the control and all that stuff, we know that that's like a generational thing. And it we know where that stems from, right? But even knowing that doesn't make it easier. And at some point, especially those of us that have children, we've got to have the courage to not only nip it in the buds for ourselves, but also for our babies or our children, because we don't want to pass that along to them as well. We just don't, right? So I'm thankful that I had learned some things in parenthood that allowed me to not replicate a lot of the things that were done to me. Was I a perfect parent or am I a perfect parent? Absolutely freaking not. But what I can say wholeheartedly is that at least I didn't allow my traumas, to the best of my abilities anyway, to show up and treat my child the way that I was treated. Okay? So if that's you and you're doing your best, imperfectly doing your best, I say kudos kudos to you because it's not easy. It isn't. It isn't easy. Um, so I want to give you a few things. I'm looking at my notes here really quickly. I want to give you just a few things that I hope can help you um, on your healing journey. I think I have like maybe three or four things here. So a few things to help you if this is you, you're dealing with mother wounds, um, you know, things like that based on things that I've done. Okay. So the first thing that I would say is sis, you just got to call a spade a spade. You got to call a spade a spade and you got to be honest about like where you currently are and how you got to this place. Now I've, I've done my best to be as respectful as possible while sharing my truth. But the thing is, in society, we hold mothers up to this super high regard. And we put them put them on this pedestal. So, and it's a weird place to be in because I'm a mother too. But a lot of times we put our, put, put women, put our mothers on this pedestal. And when we do that, like there's literally no room to, to be yourself. There's no room to, to say, hey, um, or like to have boundaries or to say, hey, I don't like when you did X, Y, Z or, you know, in my family, my parents or my mother did these things like there's no room for that. So a lot of times we just suppress, suppress, suppress. You know what I mean? I don't want to do that anymore. I, I just don't want to do that anymore. We should be able to share and talk about our traumas. It's not. <laughs> It's not like, it's not even like you're sharing these things to tear someone down. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like you want to just be able to share these things so you can actually continue to heal. Okay? So I know that in the black, I'm opening my window. Hold on. See if that kid's still yelling. I know in the black community that 
it's not okay to to share about things that happen in the home. It's not okay to say quote unquote bad things about your parents or um, well specifically about your mother. That's what this episode's about. It's not okay to say bad things about your mom, even when they're true. Like we're not allowed to have a voice. We're not allowed to have our truth. I remember when I was younger, uh, like my aunts would be like, <laughs> like I I. I literally had no safe space to release. I had no safe space to release because like going to my aunts as a child and hearing, you know, oh, well, that's your mom. You know what I'm saying? And she, or just whatever, like little excuses. Like after a while, you don't even, you don't even say anything anymore. You're like so dead inside sometimes or so numb sometimes because you have no outlets to say like what's going on um, or anything like that. Like it's, there's just no space for that. So like I said, we put these people or our parents on this pedestal and then that leaves no humanity for us at all whatsoever. So I feel like one of the very first steps to do that's super important is just go ahead and call a spade a spade and be able to share your truth, even if it's just with yourself and journal journaling it out or getting your tape recorder and recording your thoughts. OK, Let's call a spade a spade. It's OK. It's OK to have your say. It's OK to to talk about the things that happened to you. Right. Um, the second thing that I would say is, girl, Get you some support. I know I talk about this all the time, but I'm just saying. I'm going to keep saying this until I'm blue in the face. We, You got to have support. You cannot necessarily do all this work by yourself. You got to have support. Talk to your a, a trusted advisor, a mentor, a therapist, a counselor, um, a friend, a, a sister circle, somebody. You got to have a space where you can get support because you're going to need it. The deeper the trauma, baby, the more support most likely you're going to need. You got to get, you got to, you have to get supported, okay, so that you can continue to heal. Um, And like I mentioned before, I'm thankful for my sister circle. It took me some time to send my mother that message, like I mentioned a few minutes. But keep in mind, even though it took me a few minutes to send that and I sent it, you might be thinking five minutes, that's not a big deal. Keep in mind that that was just on that day. We're talking about years of like oppression and, and, and drama and dysfunction and things like that. Okay. So yeah, the message might've taken a few minutes that day, but keep in mind that it took me years to get to that point. Right. Um, and a part of that was because I have support. I'm, I have a therapist. I have a sister circle. And doing those things plus, again, the self-care and, my, and the things that I do that help to nurture inner, inner me or little Brie or things like that, it has finally led to this point. So if it's taking you a while to get to that point, I don't want you to be discouraged, okay? It's not always easy. It's not always easy to address these mother wounds. It's not. Okay, and there's nothing wrong with you. And however long it takes is how long it takes. I think for me, I had had other things happening outside of her. And I was getting courage from doing certain things that I had to do that I had this anxiety over doing. So I kind of like continued to baby step my way up to that. 
okay? And then obviously that happened and it was just like in my mind, it was like, okay, it's now or never, right? So get you some support, sis. Um, another thing that I wanted to share is that, oof, and this is a good one, like know that, and my friend had to remind me of this too, and this is something that you know, but I'm going to repeat it for you too. You may not, when you start to address these mother wounds and really do this work of liberation, um, you are probably not going to get the response that you're looking for. You're probably not going to get that magical, happy ending um, that you always dreamed of. I personally, sending her that message, I didn't imagine <laughs> a happy ending. I didn't dream of a happy ending. I think I have lost that years and years and years ago to be straight up with you. Um, so I wasn't really expecting a kumbaya moment, honestly. I just wasn't. Um, but that's just me. But I want to share with you, you once you get to that quote-unquote final level or one of the, the hardest levels in the quote-unquote game, um, just know that you may not get the response that you were hoping for and know that that is okay and it does not take away from your bravery. It does not take away from your truth. It does not take away from you having the courage to just say what needed to be said. Um, you might get gaslit you might have your parent your mom may be like this these things never happened and you are a liar from the pit of hell <laughs> right uh you might have a parent who just shuts down and calls you a narcissist and says i'm never speaking to you again and i don't i don't know there could be it can go a lot of ways okay so just know that you may not get that happy ending and if you don't that's that's okay it's not your fault you did nothing wrong and I don't want you to regret having stood up for yourself. I don't want you to regret doing whatever it is you did to help you continue on your healing journey, right? So you may not get that happy ending and that's okay. And then the last thing that I want to encourage you to do is just continue tapping into your inner child. Let her know that she's safe. Let her know that you are taking care of her. Um, do things that make you happy, do things that help you to express that inner child. Right now, I am considering taking drum lessons. I'm looking for a place because I feel like not only... I, I have been wanting to play the drums for some time now. I know it's going to help with my creativity, but I also think that hitting the drums is going to help me release some of that tension and, and energy. I want to like move some energy around, if that makes sense. And I feel like that will be a really good outlet for me. But also just tapping into your inner child, it could look like you buying yourself, <laughs> as silly as it sounds, it could look like you buying yourself a little toy that you wanted as a kid. It could be you buying yourself coloring books. It could be you, I don't know, whatever like your inner child is calling out for, it's okay to tap into that and do those things and continue to talk to yourself with love, continue to support yourself, continue to speak to yourself with words of encouragement, put some affirmations, tape, like tape them everywhere, tape them up on your mirrors, put them on your refrigerator, like just do what you can to be in this, uh, in an environment where you ultimately feel safe. That will require you cultivating that space. 
one of the things that cultivates that for me was me letting my mother know that I didn't want her to stay with me. I have a certain environment where me and my daughter, there's no yelling, there's no hitting, there's no cussing uh, uh, someone out. I'm not calling her a bitch and different things that have happened to me. Like, I'm not doing those things here. Again, I'm not parenting in a perfect way because I've made some huge mistakes, but there's a difference. I apologize, number one. And we know that black mamas, I'm sorry, no offense, black mamas don't apologize, okay? Or if they do, they pussyfoot around or beat around the bush and... and. Ugh. I don't have time for this conversation. Just like I said, I just do things differently. And I'm thankful that I was able to be a better parent, right? But I've cultivated a space here and I love my peace and I will do whatever I can to fiercely protect it. Um, so that includes that. And it is what it is. I'm not saying that things won't change down the line. I don't know. I don't know the future. But what I do know is here in this house, I'm an adult. I have say. I am going to have my humanity honored here in the way that I need to have it honored and respected. And that's what it is. Period. That's what it is. No explanations or apologies necessary, right? So... Yeah, when I say that to Juneteenth liberation, like this day has a totally new meaning for me outside of the historical stuff that we all know Juneteenth represents and we celebrate and we're thankful for. But I'm adding another layer to this whole liberation thing. And it's in regards to just like the whole mother wound and things like that. Now, I know this episode was kind of long, but keep in mind that I have like literally condensed years and years and years of stuff into this one podcast episode trying to like um you know share this with you so yeah um I feel like I've literally said all I needed to say uh, actually one last thing that I really would like for you to consider doing since we're talking about um, mother wounds is just, if possible, redefine what your life, like what you want your life to look like. Redefine that. Redefine what, like, how would life be if you could like break the, this generational cycle? What would life look like when you are able to operate from a place of, being more healed and and being more expressed and and feeling more whole and healthy and and supported and loved the way that you deserve like what would life look like for you in comparison to maybe what 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 it was or where you are now right and if you can redefine that then i know for a fact that you can bring about change in your life because if you can see it if you can redefine it if you, like you can claim it it's yours to claim even though it might be so scary to do that i promise you i promise you <laughs> as the expert of doing the hard things one step at a time <laughs> 
Oh, I have the hiccups. I'm sorry. But as the queen of doing the scary things one baby step at a time, even though I am in my 40s, like, and that should tell you how ingrained that trauma is. I'm literally in my late 40s, y'all. And I'm saying that because there's no age. You might be in your 50s and still have unaddressed things. You might be in your 60s and still have mother wounds, 70s. Like the age, it literally doesn't matter. Um, And you might be like, well, my mom's not even here anymore, so I don't have mother wounds. You can definitely still have mother wounds, even if your mother is no longer um, with us. It does not make those wounds just magically disappear. You are still in need of and worthy of healing. But what I was going to say is like, if you can redefine and, and, you know, what life can be like, if you can see it in your mind, that means it's yours to claim. That means it's still yours to have. Okay. So I want you to sit with that and just think about what type of environment do you want to be in? Uh, what type of nurturing do you need? If you're a mom, how would you like to, to, what type of parent do you want to be, right? What type of boundaries need to be set? What parts of your voice need to be expressed? What type, what parts of your voice and power, um, need to be reclaimed? I want you to think about that. Okay. And, 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 and think about ways that you can start doing those things. All right. So as the dog barks, that's my cue that it's time to go. I hope this is none of this has picked up on the podcast. I really don't know. Um, but I would love to hear your thoughts. Real talk. You can email me at connect at browngirlselfcare.com. Again, that's connect at browngirlselfcare.com. Happy Juneteenth. I'm wishing you a day full of love and liberation, whatever that looks like for you. And I will see you next Monday on the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast.